Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you, Lord, for making way for us to be here tonight. Spirit of God, we ask that you speak to us this afternoon. Let us not leave this place the same. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord, and you may be seated. I believe the woman had a wonderful meeting last Saturday, powerful meeting, and we are grateful to the Lord that his daughters can gather just for his sake, you know, that gathering is not unto any person, it's not unto any woman, it's not unto any man, but it's unto God, and I believe that whenever we gather because of him, for his name's sake, he visits his children. Amen. Amen. That is why you should not exclude yourself in the gathering of the saints. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, before we share the word of the Lord, why don't we, um, can you pause for a moment and let's, for the recording and let's look at our, we can look at it. It's okay. Um, Our scripture of the week, our scripture of the week. Uh, unfortunately, our scripture of the week came late this morning or early this morning, and I believe, uh, did you all receive the scripture of the week? We are going to look at it together, so do not worry. Genesis 32 and verse 10. Genesis 32 and verse 10. A powerful scripture of remembrance. Powerful scripture of remembrance to know who you are, where you were, and how far the Lord has brought you. Any person who lacks the ability to remember what the Lord has done for him doesn't go forward. Hallelujah. The lack of remembrance is the root of disloyalty. Amen. I said the lack of remembrance is the root of disloyalty. You see, one of the reasons church members turn against their churches, turn against pastors, turn against leaders is because of the lack of remembrance. When we don't remember what has been done for us, we are never loyal. We are never committed. Do you understand? When we cannot remember what the Lord has done, we are never blessed. Amen. You cannot be faithful if you don't have remembrance. Hallelujah. So this is a very powerful scripture. Jacob is saying, I'm not worthy of the list of all the mercies, the list of all the mercies and of all the truth that thou hast showed unto thy servant. And he gives the reason. He says, for I came, I passed over this Jordan with my staff, only with my staff. And now he come as two bands. You see, very powerful scripture for it humbles you. 
when you are a person like that, it humbles you to know that you are not worthy of all, the least of all the mercies and of all the truth. Because we know Jacob and we know his lifestyle and we know who he was. Do you understand? But he has come to a place where he's looking at his wealth. And he says, this very place, this very Jordan. You see, this is the ability to remember, to come to a certain place and remember that I once was here holding just my staff. I came to this Jordan with only my staff, all alone. And today, I have two bands, one coming and the next one to follow. Two bands, an army of people, servants, property. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Let us read it. Is it powerful? Let us look at it. One, two, three, go. not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan and now I'm become two bands. Genesis 32 10. Powerful. Wonderful. I want you to meditate on the scripture. Use it for your quiet time. When you do your quiet time, read it read it. And you see, a lot of us, we lack remembrance. We lack remembrance. And it is the reason, the reason for that lack is, the, uh, is why we behave the way we do. Do you understand? But may the Lord give us that spirit to remember. To remember. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, we, uh, I want to, um, Continue with a message that I started sharing with you last week. Last week, I began, I was sharing with you about labor to be blessed. How many of you were here last week? Wonderful. The church has become like running in shifts. I don't know what is happening that we run shifts. We come this week and then we take a vacation the next week and then another set of people come. Amen. Amen. We lack understanding. Say we lack understanding. understanding. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God willing, willing. next week, week, I will be here. here. You are in church. You are making a confession. Say, God willing, willing. next week, week, I will be here. here. Amen. Amen. Say, I don't know about you, but I will be here. Amen. Say, I don't know about you, but I'll be here laboring for blessings. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So I want to continue with this message, labor to be blessed. And um, we read a scripture in Proverbs chapter 23. Let's look at it. Proverbs 23 and verse 4. Proverbs 23 and verse 4. It says, labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. Wow. Do you believe in the scriptures? Do you believe in the word of God? The Bible says, labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. And it gives you the reason why you do that. The reason why you labor to be rich. And it's because of your own wisdom. 
leaning on your own wisdom. So he says, cease from thine own wisdom. Cease from thine own wisdom. Labor not to be rich. Don't put your energy and your strength into becoming rich. Hallelujah. Don't put your time into becoming rich. Labor not to be rich. The reason why many people labor to be rich is because we depend on our wisdom. We depend on our understanding. We depend on what man has taught us. But the Bible says, labor not to be rich. Do not put your strength and your energy into making wealth. Hallelujah. It says, labor not to be rich. Don't be tired for wealth. That means having wealth does not come by tiredness. Does not come by laboring. Amen. Amen. Labor not to be rich. Cease not from thine own wisdom. Hallelujah. Because it is the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord that makes a person rich. Hallelujah. We read in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, the blessing of the Lord maketh a person rich. The New Living Translation, it says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. The blessing of the Lord, not labor, not laboring. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. And when that blessing makes you rich, it says he adds no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? So the Bible is teaching us not to put our energy into making wealth, not labor to be rich. But what we are encouraged to do is to labor for blessings. Amen. Amen. Our strength and our energy and our time must go into pursuing blessing. They must go after blessing. That means anything that brings blessing, we should put our energy into it. Hallelujah. Look, no one can be rich by earning salary. No one. No one can be rich by earning salary. That you have a job so 9 o'clock you leave, you go, and then 5 p.m. you come, and then the next week you go, and then they ask you to stay extra hours, and then don't go to church Sunday, come and work more hours so that we will add a little more to your salary, and then don't come for this prayer meeting, but you can stay in the night and work more hours so that there will be more added to your salary. That will not make you rich. And you have seen that already. You have seen that already. You have seen the days that you cut off church and you were not coming and you were working overtime and working extra time and laboring and laboring. The days that you want to leave quickly, right after church, you want to leave so you can go and sleep and wake up and go and labor more. You have done all of that for a long time and you have realized that it has not made you rich. That is your wisdom. That is your understanding. Therefore, the Bible says, cease from this wisdom. Cease from thine own understanding. Cease from the wisdom that when you work extra time, when you put in more over time, when you work this and this, that is going to make you well. Cease from that wisdom. Labor not to be rich. Hallelujah. You know, you see, actually directing your energy and your strength 
and all you can, directing it into working hard to make wealth, you are actually reducing your wealth. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You are actually reducing what you are wealth. You are actually reducing the wealth that you could have attained when you are putting your energy into making yourself rich. Hallelujah. We read a scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. By your strength, you will not prevail. By your strength, you will not survive. You will not make it by your strength. Amen. Amen. I say you will not make it by your strength. Have you not seen someone who is working so hard, so hard, so hard, and then something small happens to your strength, and you can't, and then they are ready to replace you. They are ready to replace you. By strength shall no man prevail. No man means no man. By your strength. That by your strength you have, a, you have acquired MBA. And by your strength you have BA. And by your strength you have MD degree. By your strength you have LLB. Is there something like that? By your strength, what else do you have? What other, you have added alphabets that every, every alphabet is after your name. And so you are hoping that through this you should do well. Through this, you, sh- you see, and we have seen over and over and over again how people have put in strength and acquired several letters. When we write your name, we cannot finish the end of the page by the letters that you end, you are still not rich. By strength shall no man prevail. Hallelujah. And so when we look, we saw how important it is that God blesses us. And we saw that in, in Genesis, when God created man, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, it says, so, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. When God created man and woman, male and female, the next thing the Bible says, and God blessed them. And God blessed them. Hallelujah. And God blessed them. After God has created man and woman, what they needed was a blessing. That is what will make you prevail here on earth. It is not by your strength. And God knows the machines that he has created. God knows the human beings that he has created. And he knows what will make them prevail what will make them do well, what will make them prosper in the place where he has placed them is his blessings. And so after their creation, the Bible says, and God blessed them. God blessed them. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. And God blessed them. So this is even before man was cursed. This is even before we sinned. So even before we cursed, God knew that we need blessing. We need blessing. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Before your car will break down to need a mechanic to fix it, you need gas in your car. The brand new car that they have made, you need gas, according to the engineer who designed it. 
according to the engineer who designed you, before any part of you is broken, you still need blessings. Hallelujah. This is before the curse. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So the first thing that God gave man was a blessing. When God put man and woman together, he added blessing to them. And so there was no way that man was going to be sorrowful. Is, is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Because the Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And there's no sorrow that is added to it. So if God made man and woman and blessed them, they were not supposed to be sorrowful. They were not supposed to be sorrowful. So in fact, we don't even know how the first original marriage was supposed to be like. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? No one knows how the first marriage was supposed to be like. Because we never saw it. We never experienced it. When we learned about it, their sin has come in. And the curse has come in. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And the sorrow has come in. Because the curse now takes away the blessing. Hallelujah. So no one knew really what the original message was supposed to be. The original, the original marriage wasn't supposed to come with sorrow. Isn't that so? The original marriage was blessed. And there was not supposed to be sorrow with it. They were supposed to be happy in the relationship. Hallelujah. Because you see, when certain of the Pharisees, the Bible says certain of the Pharisees came to Jesus. I believe Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. And let's see. Matthew chapter 19. Go to Matthew chapter 19. Let's look at verse 1. Verse 1. And it says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished this saying, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. Verse 2. And great multitude followed him, and he healed them there. Verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Is it lawful? Is it lawful for a man to leave his wife? I mean, when a man is ready to leave his wife, it means there's a lot of sorrow in the marriage. So they came to him, tempting him, and saying, is it lawful? Is it lawful that a man should leave his wife for any cause? For any cause. And then look at the answer. And he answered and said unto them, have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning, we're talking about the beginning. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? When blessing was added in the beginning, when God made the man and the woman and added blessing. So he says, have you not read that he which made them, he which made them at the beginning, made them male and female and said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the twain shall be one flesh. This is the original. The twain shall be one flesh. And then he says, Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. This is the original. What therefore God had joined together, 
let not man put asunder. And then he says, they say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? Why did Moses write a commencement at law that we can divorce our wives when they misbehave? <laughs> when they are some way. Or when we are not happy with them for any cause. He said unto them, Moses, are you listening with, are you, are you reading with me? I'm reading the Bible. He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, from the beginning, it was not so. From the beginning, it was not so. From the beginning, that is not how God made it. From the beginning, there was not supposed to be any sorrow. There was not supposed to be a reason for what God has put together to be separated. He says, from the beginning, it was not so. That is not how it was made. That is not how it was made. Amen. From the beginning, it was not so. Hallelujah. So if we want to know, if we are interested in knowing the original marriage, what it was supposed to be, the one that came with a blessing, if we want to know what it was supposed to be, then we have to look at the curse. Do you understand? We have to look at the curse upon the marriage and then reverse the curse. Look at the opposite of the curse. Then we will know what the original marriage was supposed to be because the curse brought on certain things on the marriage. The curse now changed the marriage to run a pattern of the curse. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you? That is the only way we will know what the original marriage... How many of you want to know how the original marriage was supposed to be? Why don't we look at it? Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. He says, are you, are, you, are, you, are you reading with me? Are you all with me? He says, unto the woman, this is the curse. This is the curse. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Wow. That means pregnancy was not supposed to be something difficult. Do you understand? Because I have not seen a deer that is pregnant and having morning sickness. You know, or a dog that is pregnant and throwing up every morning. And throwing up. Have you seen that before? A dog with morning sickness. Ah. Or hippopotamus, pregnant hippopotamus and having morning sickness. Have you seen that before? We are talking about the original. Are we looking back to the original? <laughs> so when you are having morning sickness and you want us to pamper you and you want us to, you know, give you ice cream and, you know, I like to eat clay. I, I, I like to eat chalk. I like to eat charcoal. I like to eat when I'm having craving for this. You are living the case. (laughs) 
you are agreeing with the curse. Suffering. You are craving things, abnormal things. You want lizard. You say, I, I like, I, I don't know, I have, I have craving for roasted lizard. Roasted lizard. Wow. I want, and then people are traveling for Hausa Coco and all kinds of things. Hey. Today, eating Hausa Coco. I said, where can I find Hausa Coco? What is that? We have never eaten this in this house before. Suddenly, you have just small pregnancy. I have to be driving around 12 a.m. looking for Hausa Coco. With Masa. And the thing, they make it annually when their people are fasting. Now I have to find it this time. You see, see, I will multiply thy thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. So the labor world screaming and all of this, it wasn't supposed to be so. Do you understand? Because I've not seen, I don't know if you have seen cats giving birth or dogs giving birth. You don't even know, you don't hear anything in the house. By the time you realize six children, six easy, six children, easy. But you one one child, one baby that is coming out, the whole hospital should hear your voice. You see a pregnant deer running around, run, and then you get ready and then just stay a no place. He's done. And then the baby get up. No trouble. Now we have to carry you and feed you and give you this and this for months and then changing diapers and all. It says, greatly would I multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Greatly. Greatly. It was from the beginning, it was not so. It was not so. This is the case. I'm reading the case to you. So we are reversing the case to see how the original marriage was supposed to be, how the original birth process and everything was supposed to be. And thy desire shall be to thy husband. This is the case to the woman. That your desire shall be to thy husband. So originally, it was not like that. Originally, the men were desiring the woman. Chasing after the woman. Begging the woman. Originally, the woman, you see, if you look in the scriptures, you realize that Adam had left and the woman was home. You know, relaxing. Perhaps the original marriage, we don't know. Perhaps the original marriage, the woman was supposed to be home, just relaxing in the pool, you know, and not going anywhere. And the animals were making orange juice, you know, squeezing juice. And then the, the woman would just take it. And then a, 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 another one would make something. And the woman was just enjoying. That is how the original marriage was supposed to be. Because the woman was home. And she thought that the, the, the snake was going to make apple juice, not knowing the snake had another agenda. <laughs> not, that, not knowing that the snake also had another agenda. 
thought the snake was trying to make some apple pie. Because the original, the woman was not supposed to. He said, that now with this case, thy desire shall be unto thy husband. The man is beating you. Say, marry me. I want to. Please, marry me. Hey. You see, woman says marriage, man, man. You say I, I want them. I, I need one. He say I'm not happy because I don't have one. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? I'm talking about the original, the original, the original. Reversing the case that it wasn't your desire to be about thy husband that without him there's nothing that you can do in this world you are not happy when you don't have one when you have one and he's troubling you and he says okay I'll leave I'll go he says come back come and trouble me come back and trouble me hey from the beginning it was not so from the beginning the man was supposed to be chasing after the woman Perhaps the woman's feet was not supposed to be touching ground. The man was supposed to carry the woman all the time. The original marriage, the woman was supposed to have any wrinkles or spots. Oh, yes. We got the description of the original marriage in Ephesians chapter 5. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, it, it says, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Rule, perhaps the original marriage, the woman was supposed to rule over the man. Oh, yes. Perhaps the original marriage, the blessed marriage, the woman was supposed to be a queen. <laughs> supposed to be a queen. The, supposed to be a princess. The original marriage. But with the curse, it says, you shall, the husband shall rule over thee. Amen. I'm, look, I didn't write the Bible. Amen. I'm just reversing the curse. Amen. Amen. The next verse, it says, and unto Adam. Are you listening? Yes. And unto, uh, we are looking at when God created man and woman and blessed them, how they were supposed to live. He says, and unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. Some of you, when your wife says anything, you are doing it. Anything. It's not everything. And has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Amen. Amen. You see, so you, 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 you are tired and you are working hard and I'm telling you, that is not how you are going to prosper. That is a cursed life. That is a cursed life. But from the beginning, it was not so. From the beginning. It says, thou shalt not eat of it. It's saying thou shalt not eat of it. Curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Your ground is cursed. As a result of the lack of the blessing, your ground is cursed. 
Amen. Amen. Verse 18, he says, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Originally, maybe we are not supposed to be eating like animals. No salad. <laughs> Originally, we are not supposed to eat salad. Wow. No wonder some people don't like salad. <laughs> the case came and he says, now you shall eat salad. With this case, salad is going to be your food. Wow. The next verse, it says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. If you have bread to eat, you have to sweat. Ooh. Till thou return unto the ground. That means that you sweat every day to eat bread until you go back to the ground. Until you die. For out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. You see, this is after the curse. So before the curse, we are not supposed to return to the dust. I am reversing the curse. I'm reversing the curse. So we can understand originally when God made a man and a woman, what kind of life we were supposed to live. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and unto his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. You see, this is after the curse. Before the curse, you didn't need any clothes. Before the curse, we could have come here all okay. <laughs> you see, you see the sense of your heart. Uh, you see, you cannot even perceive that. How could we have come here and without clothes? You see? Oh, <laughs> anyway. If it wasn't for the curse, you'll be walking around here preaching. <laughs> hey, don't have any imagination. Stop that, stop that. Sinful minds and evil thinking. Winnie, if it wasn't for the curse. Wow. <laughs> Irene, it would have been wild. <laughs> we will feel free no dry cleaning we didn't need any uh, laundry no you see Mrs. Car no lay away lay away plants <laughs> amen verse 22 it says and the Lord God said behold the man is become as one of us to know good and evil and know and now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden. So you see, they should have stayed in the garden to eat of the tree that will make them live forever. Then God sent them out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So tilling the ground is a curse. The man was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden and just dress it and enjoy it. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That was the original life that God was giving us. 
And so don't, that is why it says, cease from this wisdom. Don't accept it. Cease from this wisdom. Amen. You shall not prevail by your strength. Because by your strength, this is where it will take you. You will till the ground and sweat and eat bread until you die. Amen. Amen. But you see, we have come to a place where we are delivered. And the blood of Jesus has canceled the curse for us. I said the blood of Jesus has canceled the curse for us. Now it is up to us to claim the promises that come with this. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Our problem is we do not have the faith to believe in the supernatural provision of the Lord. That is our problem. We don't have the faith to receive the supernatural provision of the Lord. But we must come to a place where we will believe in a scripture in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 that says, but my God shall supply all my needs according to your strength, according to your job, according to your supervisor's favor for you, according to double, double over time and triple over time. That is how God is going to supply your needs. It says, but my God shall supply all my needs all your needs according to his riches. His riches. God's riches. God's riches. According to God's riches. That is how he's going to supply your needs. Not according to your riches. So God is going to supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? We must come to that understanding. We must accept this scripture. And we must run with this scripture. This is the promise of God. Amen. That he will supply all our needs. Amen. He will supply your needs. Amen. I say God will supply your needs. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The unfortunate thing is that we don't believe in the scriptures. And so we don't serve God well. We don't believe in the scriptures. So we don't serve God well. We don't put in our hearts into serving God. We don't put in our strength into serving God because we don't believe that this is a possibility. We don't believe it. We don't believe that we can come to a place where we will not need to sweat before we will eat bread. We don't believe that. But we believe that through our education, when we have acquired degrees, then we will eat bread without sweat. So God says, cease from that wisdom. Cease from that wisdom. Hallelujah. Cease from that wisdom. We believe more in our strength than in trusting in the Lord. We believe more in that. But it says, by strength, you shall not prevail. By strength, you shall not prevail. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. He says, that saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusted in man and maketh flesh, maketh flesh his arm. Let's read the New Living Translation so you understand with this scripture. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5. He says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. You are cursed if your trust is in your supervisor. That he will favor you and keep you. You are cursed. The Bible says, 
Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength. I am preaching a very important message to you. And I need real believers to believe this word. I need believers, Christian believers, to believe this word. It says, who rely on human strength, they are cursed, and turn their hearts away from the Lord. This is what happens to us. When we rely on our strength, we turn our hearts from God. We don't serve God with all our hearts. We don't serve God with all our strength. Now, our strength is directed into making wealth for ourselves. And the Bible says, labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. So it says, rely, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. The next verse, it says, they are like stunted shrubs in the desert. Do you understand what that means? Stunted shrubs. That means shrubs that never grow. They are stunted. Stunt. Whenever you put your trust in man, whenever your trust is in your strength, in your own strength, in your own ability, in what you can do for yourself, the Bible says you are like a stunted shrub with no hope for the future. No hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness. This is a person who is trusting his own strength. Labor not to be rich. He said, they will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Wow. Uninhabited salty land. Verse 7, he says, but, say but, say but, say but. I'm talking about what we need to labor in. I'm talking about laboring to be blessed. Labor to be blessed. He says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord? Will somebody trust in the Lord? Yes. Can you trust that God will supply all your needs? Can you trust that the impossible can be made possible if you have faith the size of a mustard seed? Do you trust that when you speak to a mountain and say, Be thou be removed, it shall be removed? Do you trust that God can send you and buy fish and there will be gold in the mouth of the fish that you bought from African markets? You see, you can't believe that. You say, how? 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 You can't believe it. But I'm reading the Bible. Amen. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, he says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are blessed. Who trust in the Lord and they have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Verse 8. He says, they are, these are the people. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. When a person is blessed and you hear that people are being laid off at your job, you go to work and never worried about that. You are never, I've never worried about the laying of people at my job. Because I know that I believe God will provide. I believe that God will supply. By the grace of God. If they are going to fire me, I believe that it is for a mightier thing. It is for greater things. It is for higher things. 
that they will fire you and then you come and stay home and then you are failing application. No, no, no. By the grace of God, since I've been in this land or since I started working, by the grace of God. Is somebody understanding what? You see, these things are possible. They are possible. It is possible that you have choices of jobs to choose from. And say, I don't want this, I want this, I don't, no, I'm not answering this phone. No, you are worried that they will call you. You don't want them to call you because you feel bad saying no to them. That is a possibility. I said, that is a possibility. Those who trust in the Lord. It says, such trees are not bothered by the heat. When there's heat at the job and they are firing people and people are worried, those things don't bother you. They are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruits. You will never stop producing fruit because your trust is in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because your trust is in the Lord. Amen. But you see, it is our wisdom, our understanding, what we have seen others doing. And as Christians, we can live by the scriptures. We can live by the scriptures. And we don't believe. Amen. We can believe. Matthew, Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7 and verse 5. Mark chapter 7 and verse 5. We can read the King James as well. Mark chapter 7 and verse 5. It says, Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Are you with me? Why walk not thy disciples according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? This is what the disciples asked him. Why is it that your disciples, they don't walk by the tradition of the elders, and they eat bread with unwashed hands? They, when they are eating, they don't wash their hands. This they asked Jesus. Do you understand? Is somebody, are you lost? Say, I am here. here. He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. This is God. They honored me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's like when we are worshiping, God is looking at us and he's just laughing. Because we are singing, but our hearts are on a job. Our hearts, when is he going to finish? When is he going to close? That's what is in our heart. But you see, I cannot see that. Do you understand? But God knows. Your heart is that I want to go home and sleep. So I can go to work. I am too tired. That is your heart. He said, they worship me with your lips. And we see everyone singing. When we look at our video, everyone is singing. But our hearts are far from him. Far from him. Amen. Amen. Then he says, how be it? In vain do they worship me. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. This is what they teach. This is what we want to hear. Do you understand? This is what we want to hear. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. You need to work hard. As for this country... As you have come, you need to do this. You need to do That's how you are going to prosper. You need to do this. You need to buy this. You need to have this here. You need to buy this property here. You need to do this. That is how you are going to prosper. Teaching, he says, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. Verse 8. 
for laying aside the commandment of God that says, it says that my God shall supply all my needs. We are putting that aside and we are taking the doctrines of men. So it says, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men. You hold the tradition of men. Rhoda, do you understand what I'm sharing? We hold on to the tradition of men that this is how you are going to prosper. This is how you are going to do well. So we hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. This is what we are holding on to. Verse 9 says, And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. You reject the commandment of God. You reject the word of God. You reject the promises of God. You reject that God can put fish, gold in a fish mouth for you. You reject that. You cannot see that happening. You reject that you can also deliver without pains. You reject that. But you hold on to the commandments of men. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You hold on to the traditions. Our own tradition. What you have been taught. What you know. What people have shown you. What they told you when you came to this country. What they told you what you need to do. What they told you what course you need to take. This, if you do this course, if you do radiology technician, and you do this and you do that, you are going to prosper. You buy your own house with mortgage, and then you pay this and you do this. If you do this, you go to nursing school, you are going to prosper. Have we not seen nurses who are not prosperous and radiology technicians who are not prosperous? Have we not seen doctors who are owing so much money and still borrowing? Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, and you keep your own tradition. You keep your own tradition. And the next verse, he says, For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curses father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Koban, that is to say, a gift by who, whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother. Making, this is the scripture that I want you to pay attention to. Making the word of God of none effect through your traditions which ye have delivered and many such like things you do. We make the word of God of none effect. We make the promises of God of none effect by our traditions. We hold on to our traditions that pro- property, acquiring property, acquiring wealth, it comes by hard working. It doesn't come by prayer. We hold on to this tradition that you have to work hard. You have to do this. You have to do this before you prosper. And so we make the word of God of none effect. The promises of God, they don't work for us. They don't work. It's as if there is no power in it, but there is power in the word of God. I said there is power. But your traditions, your beliefs, what you are used to, what you have seen others doing, what you have been taught, has made the word of God of none effect. Like there's no power in it. Your traditions, because your traditions have taught you that there's no way you can say to this mountain that stands before you, be moved. 
So you have a difficult mountain in your life, but you cannot apply the word of God to it. And you are going through it, seeing doctors, doing this, going here, doing this, and your hope and your trust is that by the traditions of men, this is how it is going to be solved. You have to go to see the specialist and go to see this, making the word of God of none effect. Like there's no power in the word of God. That there's no power in the word of God. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Like there's no power in the word of God. Amen. That it is, it is, it's, it's not, we don't see the effect of serving God. We don't actually experience the benefits of serving God. We don't experience the blessing of serving God. The joy of serving God. That is why we are the way we are. That is why even the church runs in shift. We run in shifts. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. I want to read one more scripture and then we can go home. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. We don't see the benefits of serving God. And with, by that tradition, we allow people to say all kinds of things. And then people look at you and they say, you have gone to the church and gone and gone and gone. What do you have? What do you have? Because you see, we have made the word of God of none effect by our traditions. But there is power in the word of God. I said there is power in the word of God. If you apply, if you have faith and trust in the Lord, and you are not trusting in the arm of flesh, there is power in the word of God that you can apply and will work for you. Malachi chapter 3. No, let's read from let's read from verse 13. Verse 13. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, Your words have been stout against me. This is God speaking. It says, Your words, they hurt me. Your words have been too strong for me. I can't stand when I hear the some of the things that you say. I can't stand when I look at your behavior. I can't stand it. It hurts me. It's painful. It's painful. Your words. They are stout to me. It's like sword. When you, and you see sometimes we don't speak, but our actions, they speak even louder. It says, your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? It's like, what have we said ah, that is, is so stout to you? What have we said that is so painful to you? That is like a sword to you. That's a pierce through your heart. What have we said? Then he says, you have said, listen, it is vain to serve God. You have said, you see, and it shows in our behavior. Oh, today I'm tired. Ah, today, let me stay home. Even that church, we have gone, we've gone, we've gone. What? You say these things, this behavior, these words, they are stout to me. They are painful in my heart. Because you are showing me that it is vain to serve God. That it is vain. That means it is useless to serve God. It is, you can't prosper by serving God. That is what you are saying. You can't do well by serving God. You can't go far just serving God. 
That is what we are saying. And he says, this type of thing, it is painful to me. He says, you have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept this ordinance? What profit? We have come, and then he says, be blessed. Oh, receive your blessing. We have received it. We have said it so many times. What benefit it is? What have we received? He says, this behavior is stout. It's stout to me. He says, that, he says, and what profit? What do we profit? That we have kept his ordinance. And that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. Crying before him. What benefit? What do we profit from that? What do we profit from that? Verse 15. It says, and now we call the proud happy. We call someone who is proud. Someone who doesn't go to church. Someone who has three, four cars. And has all these things. We call them, oh, he's a happy man. He's prosperous. Look, he doesn't even go to church. Look how many cars he has. And I'm taking the bus and the train every day. Is it not true? I'm reading the Bible. We don't say it, but we go to work and we look at some of our colleagues and say, ah, even this guy, he doesn't go to church, but two times they have promoted him. He has two cars. He has three cars. He has bought a house. And we say that, he says, we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. That is what we say. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. They don't go to church, but look how they are doing well. We have gone to church. Ah, look at us. What is it that profits us by serving God? It is vain to serve God. And God says, this painful words, these are painful things. They are stout to me. Verse 16. It says, and they that fear the Lord speak often one to another. Means you. You, that you fear the Lord. They speak often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that fear the Lord and that thought upon his name. I tell you, a book of remembrance is written because you are here today. Because even in your tiredness, you chose to be here. Because even when you don't have anything, even when you have not received that promise, you still came. A book of remembrance is written for your sake. A book of remembrance is written for your sleepiness. You still came. He said you still lifted up your hands and you were worshipping. A book of remembrance is written for your sake. A book of remembrance. It is not in vain. It is not in vain. I said it is not in vain. A book of remembrance is written about everything that you are doing for the Lord. For them that fear him and think about him, meditate upon him, that you rise up in the morning to pray and it looks like it is useless. A book of remembrance is written concerning that. A book of remembrance. It is written. It is documented. Carrying your children. Bathing them. Get up. Let's go. We are late to church. Get up. Let's go. And you see your neighbors just strolling and they're taking the sun and the shades and they are just buying ice cream and they are eating. A book of remembrance. A book of remembrance. Ash. And so he says. The next verse. And they shall be mine. And they shall be mine. 
It says a book of remembrance is written about your activities. That you sing in the church, that you play drums in the heat and you are sweating. It's hot. Sometimes it's hot here and we are jumping. We are worshiping. A book of remembrance. Some of you went to work last night and you are here in the morning. Serving God. Sleepy. But serving God. A book of remembrance is written. And his, this is his promise. He says, And they shall be mine, say the Lord of hosts. In that day, when I make up my jewels, you are the jewels of the Lord. The jewels, precious ornaments, precious stones, precious property. You are special to the Lord. He says, you are the jewels of the Lord. He says, and they shall be mine, say the Lord of hosts. In that day, when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serves him. Ash! 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 Ah! It is not in vain to serve God. I said, it is not in vain to serve God. It is not in vain. He says, and, the, and, and then shall he return. Ha. Hey! Hey! He says, and then shall you return. You see, when you are coming and going, people are looking at you and they are laughing. Some of your siblings, they look at you, you are a Christian, born again, and so what? You know, church, 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 church. How many houses do you have? How many cars do you have? Even you are borrowing my dress to even go to the church. Those shoes, I know them, are they not mine? But the Bible says, and, they, and, shall, and sh- then shall you return. They will come back. Then shall you return. And they will descend between the righteous and the wicked. Ash. It says they will make a difference. They will see clarity, a difference between the righteous and the wicked. Between them that serve God and those who do not serve him. There will be a difference. I said there will be a difference. I said it is not in vain to serve God. It is not useless to serve God. But then shall you return. And you shall discern the difference. You will see a difference. You will see a difference. You keep coming. Keep serving God. It is difficult, but keep serving God. It is challenging, but keep serving God. Keep trusting in Him. Then shall you return. And you shall know the difference between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God and those who do not serve Him. There will be a difference. I said there will be a difference. It looks as if there's nothing. It looks as if we are all struggling. We are all coming and going. It looks as if we are all coming and going. We are tired, but we are coming. We are this, but we are coming. You shall return, and you shall see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Hallelujah. There's more that I want to share with you, but our time is up. We will pause here, and then we will continue. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Between those who serve God and those who do not. Oh yes, it's not in vain. It is not in vain to serve God. It is not in vain. It's never in vain to serve God. It's never in vain. It looks as if we are the same. It looks as if we work at the same place. We closed, you went home to sleep and I came to church. And it looks as if nothing is happening. Then shall you return. Then shall you return. Then shall you return. You will see the difference. Oh, it's not in vain to serve God. 
It's not in vain to serve God. Let not your attitude be a stout to God. Let not your behavior be a stout to God. That it is useless to serve God. That it is useless to serve God. That there is no profit to serve God. There is so much benefits. You will return and you will see. He said the day is coming that you will see the difference. You will see a clarity. A difference. You will discern the difference. You will see the difference. Your colleagues will see a difference. Your neighbors will see a difference. You are coming and your neighbors are sleeping. But you will return and there will be a difference. Yes. And obey. Oh, when we walk, when we walk with God in the light of His word, what a glory He sheds on our Father, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, for your love. We thank you, Lord, that indeed it is not in vain to serve you. Father, we thank you, Lord, that there is so much profit in serving you. You say, we shall return and we shall see the difference. We shall discern the difference. The difference between the righteous and the wicked. The difference between those who serve you and those who do not serve you. He said, you will set your jewels apart. You will spare your servants who serve you day and night. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the privilege to serve you. That you have selected us amongst many to have a special place in our hearts to serve you. Lord, we give you praise and honor. We thank you, Lord, for this privilege. This privilege of knowing you and the privilege of serving you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.
with all eyes closed and every head bow you are here this afternoon you are not born again you want to give your life to Jesus if that is you you are saying pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Christ I want to give my life to Jesus if that is you wherever you are just lift up, up your hand lift up your hand and I'll pray with you anyone here like that you want to give your life to Jesus you want to give your life to Christ lift up your hands and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior anyone here like that father we thank you for the gift of salvation we thank you Lord that you have caused us to be a part of this great kingdom we thank you Lord for our salvation we pray Lord that you cause us to walk with you give us that grace to walk with you and never depart from you we thank you Lord in Jesus name Amen. Amen why don't you clap for Jesus oh somebody was trying to clap for We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.